Okay, we're squared away, we're ready. BP Hero Podcast, Season 7, Episode number 35. Um, I misspoke in last week's episode of BP Hero On The Go, uh, saying that was Season Episode 33. Well, that was, in fact, the second version of Episode 33, I guess. That was Episode 34. This one is Episode 35. What's up, Mike? How you doing, buddy? How could you forget it's Podcast Day? Don't worry, I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, man, we're just kind of hanging out. Uh, let you in on a little bit of sneak peek here. I'm going to go ahead and get it uploaded to the computer. Hi, John. How you doing, buddy? You guys are going to be in for a treat tonight. Oh, gosh. Let's see, okay. Eric, how you doing, buddy? Matthew? Hey, I'm loving to see everybody checked in here. Loving it. So I'm going to get a file transfer started for a project I was working on tonight. I don't think you guys are going to enjoy. We'll watch it at the end of the video here. In the podcast, you might say. Whatever you want to call it. Today is the 28th. So where's that file at? Hmm. Yeah, so uh, Patrick, I saw that Judge did hit 61 tonight. That's freaking cool, man. He's uh, he's right there barking down the door of the record. Okay, let's transfer this over here. Found it. Matthew ordered the Hellfire. Thanks for the review. Yeah, uh, Mike also says the pier looks so nasty, bro. It was fun. Um, I didn't want to go. I guess technically I am still going on record uh, since I'm doing it here for the podcast. But I didn't want to go on record and say... Uh, that it was good as a monster or, or any of the, like the, the top brands uh, without like for sure proof because here's the deal with that I I don't swing enough monsters to really like remind myself of how good they are if that makes sense like you just I can't I can't sit here and lie and say oh this bat's terrible and I hated swinging it because uh, that's you, you can't deny their performance but when it comes to comparing one to the other, like you swing a lot of ASA bats and then you swing a monster. And a lot of times when it comes to most stuff, the monsters are better, but how much better is the question with most cases. That is a thing. And I feel like this is better than most of the ASA stuff that we swing, but how much better is the question? That's what, I didn't want to go on record saying until I knew for sure. Um, obviously, playing in Missouri and being surrounded in ASA, um, it's easy to find monsters anywhere. So I'm going to get a handful of those. Uh, I got some friends with some Anarchies. Let's come out and we'll compare them. Bats that are like close to equivalent specs and that kind of thing. 
And I get a good comparison that way. But I do genuinely feel like it is just as good. I didn't want to go on record saying that without for sure proof. You know, it's kind of a long-winded explanation to throw in a video. But that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. Uh, Matthew says that their bats are too light for you. Uh, assuming you mean the monsters. And yeah, that's that's one thing that has always been, kind of been a complaint for me. The lighter stuff seems to perform well in the ASA space because of the technology. <clears throat> I, I briefly touched on that in the um, Hellfire video. But again, that's something I just didn't want to get down a rabbit hole of during a video or anything like that. But uh, I think the plan is moving forward. We're going to swing lighter bats for ASA, like lighter bats, and I would prefer to swing for the ASA reviews <clears throat> because it's just it's no secret that all of your lighter stuff seems to perform better, especially when it comes to like the nonlinear stuff. The, the Anarchy, there's a couple exceptions to the rule. The Anarchy is usually one of them. The Anarchy stuff, if you swing a 27, get a 27. you swing a 28, get a 28. But the Monsters have almost proven themselves consistently to be better in the lighter weights, especially, I've even heard guys saying, you know, they'll get 23s or 24s for their girlfriend or wife or whoever else, and they'll hit them and it, it'll feel like it's going to break every swing. Whether it will or not, who knows? And the other, the other factor with that too is like the monsters do swing a little bit on the heavier side. A lot of their stuff, like I would swing a twenty six and be okay with it. Uh, like the bombardier, bombardier, however you, you people want to say it, that we reviewed last year. I, I handpicked that bat myself, and I got a twenty seven. And honestly, I'm gonna be hundred percent honest with you. If I had it to do over again. I would have gone with a 26. Like I knew they were going to swing heavy and I like heavy stuff, but something about that bat just, man, it was, it was a chore to get around. It kind of wear on you after a little bit. <clears throat> and I do feel after kind of getting a feel for a few different monsters and that kind of thing, uh, the technology, I figured out which technology I like and, and that kind of thing. But I don't know. We'll see. That That is on the agenda. But as of now, uh, the pure Hellfire ASA bat is literally fire. It's probably melting the hole in the trunk of my car right now. Let's see. Mike says the sound was so crisp. And with the ASA sound and feedback means a lot with the top tier bats. Yeah, sound and feedback do mean a lot. And I, I honestly think that's why the Monsters sometimes get more hyped than they deserve. Because... Like you said, sound and feedback are everything when it comes to hitting a 52-core ball. Go out and hit a 52-core ball with a U-trip bat, and then hit a 52-core ball with an Anarchy, a Monster, a Demer, any Flipper, uh, a Pure Hellfire, and you'll feel and notice an immediate difference. The softer ball doesn't give as much reaction off of a U-trip bat because it's a linear design, so there's only one wall working with you as to where the nonlinear stuff it has multiple walls that kind of compress and bounce and, and 
work with each other to give you more. It's it's not meant to give you more feedback, but it does because of the design. And with that feedback, sometimes comes a pretty wild sound, and people just immediately equate that to better with a with a softer ball. When the Louisville stuff first hit the scene around here, people were going nuts for it, even the U-trip bats. And then the ASA one started coming out and rolling around. And uh, if you're familiar with the U-trip, sorry, if you're familiar with the ASA Louisville stuff, then you definitely know that uh, those bats were just absolutely ridiculous sounding. And it gave the impression that they were just absolutely murdering the ball. When in reality, for a long time, up until these last couple of years, they've been pretty blah. But the sound makes you think you're just absolutely crushing the ball. So sound is definitely a big thing. Sometimes too big of a thing. But I'm not one to like a ton of feedback anyway, so I'll hit a 52 with whatever you can throw at. You know, whatever I feel like hitting it with. Uh, Patrick McGowan says, uh, are the 2019 Mike and Freak X any good? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, if I remember correctly, those are short barrel, right? I mean, it's just a, uh, a short barrel Mike from the same year, just with a different paint job on it. Um, I hate to use the term repaint. I, I can't stand it. But it's it's a thing. It's a thing. There's no getting around it. Snacks, what's up, buddy? Are you trying to get on the podcast tonight, Snacks? You know I'm going to ask you that every time I see you in the chat. Jason B., what's up, buddy? Adam, how you doing? Fat guy BP in the house. Also doing that pure hellfire video. Also, real quick. I'm going to give you a chance to go share this around. I don't care if you're catching it now or later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man, Spencer's a, di- Spencer's a nut. Let me clip this for you. I just pulled up Facebook so I could look something up. And... <laughs> Here's what my guy Spencer just posted. If I can get it to cooperate here. Oh, technology's hard. <laughs> Spencer says no lights, no power, no AC, no workers, no clean towels, but we got Bush. <laughs> Shout out to him for and, and all the other people that are down there, him and Danny and all the other people for being brave enough to go down there for Worlds with Hurricane Ian coming. And real quick, just a PSA, if you are down there in Florida, please be safe. Hope everybody's okay. Look out for your loved ones. Shit's getting weird down there, and it's going to get even weirder as the days go on. But be safe. If you're down there playing, make it back home safe. If you're living down there, I hope it wasn't too bad for you. BP Hero always trying to send out the good vibes. Completely sidetracked from what I was doing here, by the way. Oh yeah, going to share the uh, going to share the podcast. Share the podcast. Whether you do it now or later, never is not an option. Not giving you that one. Get this podcast shared out here. 
Bear with me, I'm almost done. Okay, so go share it around wherever you want to. I'll put it on Facebook. You can share my post. You can make your own post. Just do it, okay? Hello? All right. Getting caught up with the chat here real quick. Grumpy Snacks says, Mike and Worth Longbarrel ASAs are slept on. Yeah, for sure. No question there, Long Barrel ASA stuff is slept on. And uh, kind of touching back on the tidbit of uh, we feel like the, the lighter stuff might perform a little bit better. It, 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 the other thing is availability as well. Definitely a lot easier to find and sell the lighter ASA stuff. Is another reason we're going to the lighter bats with that. And when it comes to Worth and Mike and the balance stuff, we have noticed that the balance stuff seems to be pretty damn good. Not that the inloads are bad, but the balance is just better. Can't pinpoint why. Uh, I have a couple of theories that I'm not willing to put out here because I don't want to get laughed at. <laughs> but um, I do feel like that Mikan's and Worth's best ASA bats are balanced. Snacks eating a PBJ. Just got home from league. Hope you hit a dinger, dude. Jason Hernan just made it in. What's up, buddy? Eric says now he wants a hellfire. Jason just left Military Worlds. Looks like you guys had fun, right? And yeah, Adam, the, fa- the uh, pure hellfire is, in fact, sold out. They sold out their first run of them. Jason B. says hopefully the Freedom Factory survives. Yeah, I'm hoping Cletus and the boys are still above water. <laughs> I was kind of surprised to see the Dale truck up on the lift. Sorry, I'm talking uh, YouTube Cletus car. Uh, sorry. Anyway, words are hard. I was kind of surprised to see the Dale truck up on the lift. Um, my initial scare would be the shop getting damaged and the truck falling off of the lift. But I guess you also don't want the truck getting flooded if everything floods either. Snack says, Aviera, as windy as it is, playing ball in a hurricane, no thanks. Yeah, I can't believe that they followed, they, they went through with the tournament. That's absolutely crazy to me. And, you know, it's nothing against the people that went down there. But the fact that U-Trip was like, yeah, it's cool. Let's just let this blow through and then we'll finish our tournament. I guess that's a perk of having a turf ball complex. But at the same time, that's you saying, hey, if you can survive the hurricane, you can play softball this weekend. Snack says, where's your shirt? Uh, it's at the shirt place. <laughs> Mike says, to the to the peers getting sold out, Mike says, great, get ready for $450 sale. Yeah, it, people be doing some dumb stuff. And yeah, Matthew, I did see, um, you know, you talk about the hurricane and everything and the weather coming in down there. U-Trip left up one of their live feed cameras at Vieira. It's been an interesting day. It was sunny, and it was cloudy, and it was raining like hell, and it was windy. Now it looks like it's downright getting with it. They left it pulled up the entire time, and I, the, my, my one most impressed thing so far with that camera, how sturdy it is. Those fences are built to last. So I was very impressed by that. 
Jason says that they ever free Sonic. Yes, they did free Sonic. And kind of an interesting deal there. Ended up trying to give them birth to worlds and, and some other stuff. And I, I don't know what I was going on with that. Got some free Sonic shirts made. <laughs> it was a good time. By the time we came up with the idea to sell the free, shot, free Sonic shirts, it was kind of beyond the point. But we still had a handful made for a tournament that they went and played in. I got myself one. It's pretty dope. Thinking about wearing it this weekend. Jason said, play second in military intramural out of 17 teams and end up at the tournament MVP for offense. I saw that. Nice work, my man. Very nice work. I uh, I saw that post. I was like, dang, Jason went out there and just absolutely showed out for him, huh? That's cool. That, that would always be... That's kind of a bucket list thing just to get any kind of like uh, what you might consider like tournament recognition, right? I think my days of, of being in contention for something like that are behind me. Just strictly from a standpoint of like, I just don't... don't see myself playing much... Uh, truly competitive or sanctioned ball in the future to be able to be uh, in line for an award like that. But who knows? It's hard to tell. Only time will tell. That's all I can tell you for sure. Snacks says that uh, Sonic deserved what they got. Again, Snacks, there was never like a, a woe is me, feel bad for me. It was... All of the free Sonic energy was focused around just being an absolute troll. Be honest, you know. That's what I mean. It wasn't a, hey, you did that and that's wrong. You should feel bad for me. No, it's a, we're gonna troll this entire situation because if you know the whole story, I'm not getting into it on here again. But if you know the whole story, you know it's kind of a joke, especially when. Uh, the originator of that whole issue got caught playing shenanigans themselves not too not too much later. Um, the originator of the situation signed a team up as B because he had picked up a B elite player. The B elite player could not make the tournament, but the team was still signed up as B so, it, all the coin flips, the person running the team said, no, we're C, we're not B, so they could take the run spots. That didn't last long before they got caught with that, but oh, the irony. You know? Come on. Oh, that's good. So, today's topic for the podcast, <laughs> which is kind of a funny one that I could go on about for a decent amount of time, and I'm telling you something, if you've ever ran a team, yikes. I feel for you. Running a league team isn't bad. It's not fun, don't get me wrong, because you got to find guys every week. But most of the time, when somebody signs up for a league... They understand they're obligating themselves to one day a week at a certain time every week for however many weeks the league is. It's uh, it's different to me than trying to run a tournament team. You can even put a schedule out as a tournament team, but the thing with running a tournament team is 
on a weekend is when everybody wants to do something. Everybody's got something to do. Weddings, birthday parties, time to get caught up on stuff. Some people have to work. So I get that there's going to be like a little bit of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's going to be some variables in there. But for the most part, you can look at a schedule and either make your schedule work around that schedule or vice versa and say, hey, I'm not going to make this one. Hey, I'll be there for this one. And if something changes, you're going to know, right? And this is no no shade towards um, anybody in any particular situation at any given time on a team that I've ran or somebody that I've asked to play softball. It's just the, the, the things that I think sometimes people don't see or understand when it comes to running a team. So... Let's see, sorry. Eric says, heading home, we'll listen while I drive. Heck yeah, love that. Stay off the chat, though. That means you're typing and driving. That's dangerous. Jason says he runs the whole league. Buddy, I, I listen, the whole league, all you got to do is make sure all eight of your coaches are behaving or however many teams you got in your league. I'm not saying it would be easier, <laughs> but I, I do kind of actually feel like it would be a little bit easier to run a league. <laughs> Tony B still on standby. That's right, boy. Who knows what's going to happen? So there's a person and they're running a team for a tournament coming up and they assemble the team. They ask everybody to play. Everybody says, you know, yeah, I'm in. Got everything lined up. Here we go. And then you start the group chat. People get to cutting up, cutting and getting to know each other. I really like group chats here. This is going to be a, kind of a weird factoid here. When it comes to putting together pickup teams, I like group chats. When I put together my pickup teams, it's kind of based on like attitudes and vibes, right? Um, I, I try my best to put together a group of guys that when the day's over, no matter if you went two and two or won the tournament, they're going to say, good Lord, that was fun. When's the next one? That's what I look for when I put these teams together. That's what I strive for. That's what I take pride in, especially in this, this tournament coming up. I want to be the team that everybody wants to play because we're fun. That's kind of my thing. Not like we're out there running around being drunk idiots. It's more of, we know what we're there for. We're a group full of good people. I, I really pride myself on putting together good groups for this tournament. Like, to the point that it's kind of became a thing. If you see, if you're playing anywhere in the mid-Missouri area and you see a team GTWF signed up, that's your boy. Good times with friends. GTWF, don't you steal it, I'll, I'll kill you. If you see them signed up, it's us. 100%. So... You ask all these people to play. Everybody's good. You got your group chat going. And it's a chance to build some chemistry. Because, again, since I'm already building this team based on chemistry, you might have some guys that haven't played together, that kind of thing. But if you're about what I'm about, then we're going to get along. And you're going to get along with the people that I am friends with because they're about what I'm about. You know what I mean? So you get your group chat going. Everybody's kind of cutting up, laughing, giggling, doing dumb stuff. Acting like complete nerds. 
Uh, and here come the wave of TFTIs. You're like the fourth one today. And then here it comes. Hey, uh, little Jimmy's got football this weekend. Hey, little Jimmy's got baseball this weekend. Hey, I had some stuff come up and I can't go. And, and don't get me wrong when I, when I say this. Little Jimmy having football and uh, little Timmy having baseball. Those are like that's priority. Softball is is a is a hobby. It's your free time, especially when it comes to this tournament. This isn't something that like we're we're going out and, and playing new trip worlds. We're going to raise money for a good cause and playing one of my favorite tournaments of the year. And I want to share that experience with you. I want to share that experience with you and play softball while we do it. So if you have priorities that take you elsewhere, I I encourage you to go to those priorities. Go take care of what you got to take care of. There's going to be all kinds of other tournaments and opportunities and things like that to get together and play. Go do what you got to do. But I have replaced. <laughs> I had I had a team of 11 people and I have replaced six of them. Since I started this group chat, however long ago it's been. It's, it's an adventure sometimes. I lost three just yesterday. Um, one of them says, Hey, oh God, man, this, it's getting, woof. Man, listen, the, hey boys, listen, the flood is in Florida. It's not in this chat, okay? We got Roach and Snacks and Tip in here. I mean, where, where's the flood, boys? Let's just take the podcast to Florida. Good God. Let's go. <laughs> Roach says it means he wasn't even in the top 17. That hurts. Yeah, like I said, here we go. You're you're like the fourth TFTI today. So anyway, circling back to what I was saying, the the struggle to find and maintain players. So we had one guy that said he had some obligations he couldn't get out of that he didn't realize was going to overlap. Had another guy that he thought he wasn't going to be able to go to B Worlds with his team. And turns out he was. So, yeah, again, this is for fun. This is for an experience. If you've got a chance to go play B-Worlds, you need to go. I understand that. Every one of these situations that that people had to leave for, I understand. Partly because I've been there and partly because there's more important shit to do than come to Columbia, Missouri and play softball. Like B-Worlds. Coaching your kids. Stuff comes up at home. Been there, done it, get it. But being ready and trying to find people can be an adventure. And one tip I'm going to give you, and, and nobody take offense to this, everybody just wants to help, everybody wants to be a friend, and everybody knows a lot of people, right? But you say, oh, dang, we lost a shortstop. Dang, we left. A, we lost a second baseman. And the next thing you know, it's I can get this person. I can get that person. You need me to ask that person. I can ask this person. We can ask this person. I think this person's off this weekend. You're just you're smothered, absolutely smothered in options and ideas and variables. And there's times where it can cause kind of cause uh, panic in the chat. It can kind of cause panic in the chat. Make your team look disorganized. 
it would make it just look kind of chaotic to where the point that's like somebody's like Jesus Christ, here we go. Um, now I've I've got to wash my hair on Saturday. I'm not going to make it either. I don't want to put up with this crap. I'm going to go play with these other guys that asked me. You know, like I I, <clears throat> I really appreciate it when people like reach out reach out to me off to the side. Hey, can't make it. So and so is going on. And oh, Roach, what are you saying? You got a serious cornhole tournament. You wouldn't even you couldn't even go anyway. And here you out here TFTI and get out of here anyway. So I really appreciate when people reach out to me off to the side and say, hey, yo, this is what's going on. I'll find a replacement. And then once I find the replacement, I remove that person and add the next. So there's no, oh, God, who left? Why'd they leave? Do we need to find someone? I know a guy. I know a guy. Uh, I might be able to check with this team. I don't think this team's playing this weekend. Oh, we had this one guy. It just never fails. So running a softball team when it comes to running tournaments is hard. And this is a pickup tournament. This isn't something that somebody could have scheduled for a long time. Uh, it was about a month and a half ago. I uh, started asking people to play. And uh, just for the record, Kevin Roach was not in my top 17. He said it himself. Um, so I got all my invites out to people that I wanted to play. And over the course of time, I've ended up asking 16 other people besides Kevin Roach that brought us to the, the lineup that we have today. And it's going to be a good time. And if uh, we do need somebody else, uh, I will ask Kevin Roach just so he can turn me down. And that'll be he'll be uh, top 18. So... It's going to be a good time. It's for a good cause. But then the other things you got to think about too, when it comes to running a team, and this is like now I'm, I've gone from from just pick up for a fundraiser to kind of running a team for a year. Sponsors help. Sponsors help, I, I, obviously from like a, a monetary standpoint. But with that, kind of comes the territory of. It seems it makes things uh, more organized. You need game balls. It's not as hard to like, you know, bite the bullet and pay for the game balls out of your pocket if you got a sponsor. Sponsors do help, and whether it's, you know, sponsors that spend a thousand dollars a year or sponsors that spend um, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year or even more. I know both. <laughs> sponsors help. It makes everything easier for the players. It's just a show up and play thing. And if you get the right kind of players when it comes to like a tournament team as a whole, you get guys that understand the privilege that they've had, and it's a completely different deal. Uh, they want to play, you know, you're thinking, like, oh, whatever, you know, 40 bucks for a tournament or 30 bucks for a tournament or however else. I can pitch that. Yeah, you can pitch that. But it's the idea that it's been paid for. This is how I look at it. It's the idea that it's been paid for. That sponsor was grateful enough to pay for me to play softball. They wanted me on their team. And I need to do what I need to do to kind of like show that appreciation. Um, one thing when uh, probably the, the, it was the last team that I played for that was sponsored, but after every tournament, win, lose, whatever, hey, thanks for today. I appreciate it. Had a blast. Uh, can't wait to do it again. Let me know if you need anything. Be appreciative. <clears throat> Excuse me. So one thing that I think gets really taken for granted sometimes is the money and the time and 
that kind of thing that, that goes into getting everything organized for you to just show up and play softball. The behind the scenes stuff that you don't see. And then people just taking for granted the fact that they've never had to pay to play softball. Because there are people that have been in those those situations and those scenarios that may pay for like one tournament a year. Um, situation at a tournament somewhere last year. Person gets asked to play softball. They show up. Play a couple games. And then a couple games in, they say, hey... Uh, it's just so you know, the tournament costs this much money. If you could get us the money, you know, sometime before the end of the day, that'd be cool. Everybody else is paid. We just need your money. Said softball player says, I don't pay to play softball. And if you're going to make me pay, I'm going home. And they said, well, yeah, we kind of need your money because otherwise somebody's got to pay for you. And dude left. Dude 100% packed up his stuff and left. Says, I don't pay to play softball. I'll see you later. Like, what? That's that's insanity. How ungrateful could you be? No appreciation. No appreciation at all for... Someone, again, that puts in the time and the effort and the effort they put into earning the money for you to play softball. Give back sometimes. It's not always about, you know, paying, paying playing for free all the time and not having to pay for this and pay for that. Softball costs money, and you're going to have to understand that. You can't spend your money on God knows what else and not expect to pay once in a while. <clears throat> but it's also easier to from running a team and saying hey when it comes to picking up players or even just throwing a team together in general it's a lot easier to say hey um, got this tournament this weekend everything's paid for all you need to do is show up bring your vibes and have a good time it gives the impression of organization it gives the impression of hey like we're not messing around here and I feel like that also kind of lightens the mood and makes things better. Sponsors are worth their weight in gold. I will say that. When it comes to buying game balls and stuff like that too, keeping everything organized. I may not be the most organized person in the world. Anybody that knows me personally will tell you that. But I do try my best to make sure that these teams are put together, taken care of, ready to go. Lineups are posted. All you got to do is show up and win and show up at the next field for the next game. I do my best. I'm not saying I am the best, but I do my best in making sure that happens. Uh, somebody did make <laughs> the joke. Uh, Tip made the joke in here uh, to Roach. Uh, it says he is the uh, softball Hall of Fame manager. But, hey, listen. <clears throat> Outside of the success that Kevin Roach has had coaching softball teams, I've never been on a team of his and not had stuff organized, taken care of. Everything runs smooth. I, I've, I've been part of his teams, been fortunate enough to be part of his teams. And then it just, you know, from being familiar with him and all of his guys, you never hear say, you never hear anybody say, ah, oh, freaking Kevin Roach didn't have this. He didn't have that. He wasn't uh, prepared for this or we got here and we didn't know we were supposed to do this. You know, 
that, that's that's the thing. Be organized and put together, and it, it makes a world of difference. It makes you want to go pay, pay for someone. Sorry, I got pay and play. I'm using those words a lot. It makes you more motivated to want to go play for someone that you know is going to have their shit together. <laughs> uh, Roach says, do you remember that time we won state together? We were quite the duo on the mound. Yeah, bro, you came in and shut it down, like Helsley style. Well, you know, went out there and pitched a solid six innings, got his pinky blew off, and then Helsley came in with the save. Of course, no sooner than, uh, you know, I try and decapitate the pitcher in retaliation, and then you had to pitch to uh, an absolute monster the next inning. So that was cool. Appreciate that. Going out there to die on that hill for me. <laughs> that was a good time, though. I was just telling that story uh, not too long ago at work, just talking about how like, I go into, like, zombie mode. <laughs> Because that, that's what uh, that's what Kevin said that day. I got hit. So just a, a quick tip for anybody out there that actually plans on fielding a softball in the field of play. You you have to catch the ball with your glove before you put your hand in to throw it. Uh, the ball was hit back at me, and I was so excited to turn the double play. I, I literally just put my hand in my glove before the ball even got there. Blew up the end of my pinky. It was bad news, but thankfully I had uh, arguably two of the best infielders in the state at the time behind me at shortstop and second base. The double play got rolled anyway, so I got out of that jam, and I just walked straight off the field. Roach said, you went into zombie mode, just walked off the field, you come back with tape on your finger, and you were ready to go. But I mean, it's it's true, it's what I do. Like, when I got hit in the mouth uh, years ago... Um, playing softball or sorry, pitching BP. I got hit in the mouth. The same thing. I realized I'd been hit in the face. I, I say hit in the mouth. I actually got hit in the face and it broke the roof of my mouth and my gum line. I, I didn't panic. I didn't roll around on the ground. It wasn't, Oh my God, what are we going to do? It's all right. Well, I'm profusely bleeding. My teeth are rearranged in my mouth. We need to go somewhere. So you, you, you pack up and you go. There's no, like the time that you spend panicking, you could spend fixing the problem. I'm not saying that's right because people should have an emotion. Especially at times like that. You should probably like, it's okay to panic a little bit. Like, oh damn, like what are we going to do? I, but I, I've always been that way. I've never been the one to panic about stuff. <laughs> in in my, my famous quote when it comes to stuff like that, when it's saying uh, it's time to panic, when if I panic, we're, we're probably screwed. Especially when it comes to like driving and stuff like that. You know, I mean, every every kid that's grew up in the country, even or even in a rural area, I mean, has drove like a shithead on the back roads and that kind of thing. And again, when it comes to stuff like that, I, I'll I'll whip a car around a corner. We'll we'll do all kinds of crazy stuff. But unless I panic, don't panic. There was this one time I panicked. We almost hit a mailbox, and uh, my friend was quick to remind me because I said, "Oh man!" So basically, what happened was. The front wheels of the truck are in the road. The, the back wheels are in the ditch. We're, we're sliding sideways about 30 miles an hour. And I'm looking at this mailbox coming up on us quick. Sorry, we're coming up on the mailbox like quick. And I'm thinking like, man, we're not going to stop. And my, my fear was we hit the mailbox. The mailbox is planted in the ground pretty far. It's going to tip the truck over. Then we're in a world of mess. We stopped so close. I could have rolled my window down and touch the mailbox and I said man I thought we were gonna I thought we were gonna flip over 
And the guy says, the guy I was with says, screw flipping over. He goes, we will send a mailbox. That's a federal offense. <laughs> I mean, okay, so maybe he's not wrong to an extent. But state stuff like that, it was already too late. I should have panicked long before I had my front wheels in the road and the back wheels in the ditch sliding down the road. I should have should have panicked long before that, but I didn't. My own doing. But I've been that way when it comes to getting hurt on the field or, or wherever else. I don't know. It's just some people are just hardwired to react different than others. That's really all I can say about it. Uh, Kevin Roach says, luckily he got that big dude to foul out. He wasn't going to get anything over the plate. <laughs> yeah, you should have just told him to take his base. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, just, hey, hey, pal, head first. That would probably, probably made him even matter, though. Because then he want, he would want to remind you that he doesn't want to hit you. And then the next at bat, he's totally going to try and hit you. What's up, Gio? How you doing, buddy? Uh, no, you cannot use senior bats this weekend. Sorry, pal. Okay. So, running a team is fun, but circling back. Running a team is fun, but you got to have your crap together. Bottom line. It's more work than what people think it is. So don't take your managers for granted. Not everybody's good at running a softball team. I'm not going to say I'm the best. But I don't think I'm the worst. You know? So real quick, we're going to science out for the end of this podcast here. I'm going to show you a little video that was working on tonight. I'll have the conclusion. It'll be posted on the channel. But what I've been wanting to do for a while... Uh, you know, I've talked on the last couple of podcasts about kind of changing gears with uh, where where I want to go with the channel, the direction I want the channel to go, and kind of how I want things to move. And part of that is just doing more stuff that I want to do. There's a, a certain point where I feel like, I personally feel like I'm obligated to post nothing but bat reviews. Or if I have bat reviews filmed, I have to do those before I can do anything else. But I, I think what I want to do is just make content I want to make. If there's bat reviews to post, then I'll post a bat review. If I want to squeeze something else in there in between, I'm going to do it. So what I was working on tonight, I'm going to work on doing some more of these videos in the future as well. I've heard, I've heard for years, oh, you need your bat to pass compression. They're going to be compression testing. This bat's hotter than hell. Oh, you need to get it you know, tested and... Or you need to get it froze up so you can it'll pass compression. It'll get really hard and it won't compress as far. I've heard people say that for years. I've heard them say they threw them in coolers. I've heard people say that uh, they'll hand bats to people with condensation on them because they left them somewhere cold for so long. And they'll try to get them to pass compression. It's like, oh, it works, it works, it works. So I had a uh, subscriber send me some bats a while back. And I, I, I hate that I'm just now getting around to doing something with them. But I've got good plans for all this stuff. So it's going to be great. So the subscriber sent me some bats a while back. And one thing I want to do with one of them is we are going to t put that test to the theory. What? Theory to the test. God, words are hard tonight. I named this podcast Words Are Hard, but I've already done that to like two or three, I think. So we took a bat, tested it, froze it. 
for 15 minutes in a deep freeze, tested it again. We did this for an hour just to try and figure out where it's going to get you. At what point are we too frozen? At what point does it start to change? How much is it going to change? And the results did kind of interest me. So I guess we're going to do a little sneak peek here on the channel. I am going to pause this music. Okay. Put that right here. Turn this up. And we're going to do some science tonight. Behind me is a deep freeze. And more behind me is Mitchell. Let me know if you guys can hear okay. <laughs> and we got to thinking like, you know, you always hear stories of people wanting to freeze bats and make them pass compression and, and do that kind of thing. So we got a deep freeze. We got a bat and a tester. So what we're going to do is I'm going to test the bat. We're going to freeze it and test it every 15 minutes for an hour. Then we're going to throw it in there for a couple of days. And every time we'll test it and follow up with the results. So let's get this first initial test out of the way. Fourth side up, preloaded to 500. And we're sitting right at 1500. So let's take this dude out of here. Walk him over to the freeze and we'll follow up. See you in a little bit, buddy. Don't mind dinner. All right. So it's been 15 minutes. Let's see how our dude's doing in here. You in there? No, it's, it's still there. Ooh, feel it. It's already chilly. Mm. It feels like aluminum. <laughs> it does. It gets, like it got really cold really fast. Wasn't ready for that. So. Tester here, cameraman, maybe. We got some brats tonight. Interaction with the BP Hero. So we were at 1500 the round before. It's creeping up. 1525 ish. Okay. Back in you go, little buddy. All right, so we're a half hour in. Let's go see what we got. Any predictions, Mitchell? Uh, 75 points over. 75? So. I think we're gonna be on a big curve here. A big, big curve? Yeah. Oh, what you doing in there? Feel it this time. <laughs> it's chilly, so I'm trying to do this uncut too. So sorry if you're staring at our feet. But I just want to show it like there's no funny business going on here. Eventually, if you could so kindly take the camera duties again. Same thing. Worth side up. This thing's cold. I almost can't touch it. 
Lick it. Man, it's kind of stuck. Same spot it was last time. Hmm. 15 more minutes. Here we go. <clears throat> Round three. So after seeing the first two tests, I'm not really expecting a ton of change, but we'll see. I, uh, I'm kind of surprised. I did this with some bags of ice one time and it wasn't near the result I thought I was gonna get. Oh, you're still there. It's kind of funny though. I don't know if you can hear it. You can hear like the, the, the junk rattling around in there now. Sixteen hundred. That's forty-five minutes in a deep freeze at what temperature? I don't know. Thirty degrees. What a deep freeze! I didn't know if you knew what you said it at or not. Come on, gosh. Factory settings. Factory settings. Well, yeah, whatever it is, it's freaking cold in there, right? So I'll throw it back in for fifteen more minutes, and I might crawl in here after these jerks made fun of me, and uh, we'll do one last round. Then we'll leave it in there for a couple days and see what we get. All right, little buddy, one last round. You can do it. All right, so the last one. Right here. This will be our official hour test for tonight. Was this an hour test or was this... This, this is at this is at an hour and five minutes. Okay, fuck, we started this sooner than that, but maybe we didn't. It's six fifteen when we started. Okay, seven twenty-five now. Yeah, it's close down between film time. All right, little buddy. This is an hour. And this is a game. One game in. Started a GoFundMe for a battery for Mitchell's car. It'll <laughs> <laughs> get the door shut in my face. <laughs> Cameraman, one last time after I made fun of your car. Ooh, that's cold. Look, it's, it's starting to like frost. Look at it. It's starting to like frost up. That's why I want you to touch your tongue to it. <laughs> no shot. See, that's what I'm saying. This doesn't make it. Is it because we tested it at the same spot every time? Okay, so it's higher there. But still, that doesn't make any sense. It's on that same spot. I feel like in order for this to be like authentic, it has to be in the same spot, right? This is 
what I'm saying. Like, this is a lot of work. But not very much reward other than having Captain Crazy here. So that's interesting. It actually looks like it might have crept down a little bit. So back in the freezer for two days. We'll come get this thing like Sunday. Let's see what we get. Alright, so there you go. A little sneak peek of some content that's coming. I found that very, very interesting that it went down in compression after it froze to a certain point. And the only thing that Mitchell and I kind of concluded, we kind of concluded the same thing together, is maybe the bat got too tight. I can't imagine it, also, also other thing, I can't imagine it getting much lower than it is now. After leaving it in there for a couple of days, I said Sunday because I'm an idiot. I'll probably go get it Friday night. There's no way that sitting in a deep freeze for four days is going to be more beneficial than leaving it in there for two. I'd say by the morning, it should be frozen enough that it shouldn't matter. You know how if it's been in there for X amount of days. But the only thing that we can conclude on why it was testing lower after it froze for a certain period of time is the barrel getting really, really hard from freezing and then us just testing the same spot over and over and over again would be kind of like hitting the bat in the same spot with the ball. Is kind of the only thing that we can conclude. I'm going to ask a couple of people that are more in the know than I am and see what they think. But that's kind of what I'm thinking. But it's still, it's cool to see, right? That it does help. It didn't help nearly as drastic as I thought it would. Adam says that he's done the same thing. He didn't make a video about it, but he did the same thing. He did it with a 220 stamp Easton. So after like 50 swings in BP, it was probably testing 180. But I, I thought it was cool to see. I want to start making more content like that. It's kind of a, a I'm not going to lie. It's kind of a shoddy production, kind of tacky looking. But I'm not going to get better at making that type of content if I don't do it. A uh, hindsight already from this situation is... Um, if Mitchell would be gracious enough to, to video, maybe have him just kind of like record me or hell, my, my son's 13. He knows how to run a phone decent enough to be my little cameraman. I'm sure he does. But stuff like that is is more of what I want to include on the channel. I don't want the channel to be nothing but that stuff. I still want to do the bat reviews, but instead of doing bats that I don't care about, like a Mike and Freak Primo Balanced or um, one of the other 12.75 inch half ounce inload the Easton's that have came out this year instead of doing one of the 19 of those I could do the one that's different which would be something like the Headbanger that has more inload than the rest of them the Headbanger POW it's different you know instead of doing stuff that feels really repetitive or stuff that doesn't really capture my interest. I want to make more content that's like science experiment stuff. Uh, do some more vlogs. Do maybe like a little more behind the scenes stuff. I, I, I've talked about doing like a, a 
a how-to pitching video for years. I've talked about how to do a T-work video for years. I just never get it done because I, I feel like I can't do anything but show up at the ballpark and hit and film a video of, of doing batting practice with a bat and then calling it a day. I feel like my day at the ballpark when I show up to batting practice isn't complete without that. And that's kind of getting away from what I wanted. You know, it, it's getting to the point it doesn't feel like a hobby. It feels like an obligation. And I said that when this doesn't feel like a hobby anymore, I'm not doing it. I, I'm tiptoeing that line. So we're going to make a change. Bottom line. But you've got an hour of my time, and I've had an hour of yours, and I appreciate all 14 of you. Nice turnout tonight, by the way. A great job, guys. Before you leave, be sure and hit the subscribe button down below if you're here live. If you're catching up with this later and you haven't, hit the subscribe button down below. It lets me know who's watching, how many people are watching, and this is also going to be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. So if you're checking it out there, got something to say comments-wise or anything like that, hit me up, reach out. Or if that stuff works better for you, there's going to be more episodes coming. I'll make sure they make it to Apple and Spotify as well. But that's going to wrap up this video. I hope to see all of you at Home Runs for Heroes this weekend. If you come out, find me, say hey. I'll chat it up with anybody that wants to talk. I'm not going to have my compression tester with me because I'm not looking to make friends this weekend. But nonetheless, thanks for stopping in and checking it out, guys. Swing hard in case you hit it. BP Hero, catch you next time.